All right, welcome to Now This Is Podcasting. I'm Connor, and I'm here as always with Calvin. Hello. And we have Katya with us again. Hello. And we are talking about Happening, not The Happening, <laughs> the crappy M. Night Shyamalan movie. We're talking about Happening. This came out recently. It's a French film, and uh, it's came out, I think, in kind of a perfect time. It's covering ah. a controversial issue. That's not really how I'd characterize it. I mean, <laughs> I, I would say a co- relevant time. Relevant time. Yeah, because, yeah, perfect supl- implies that there's something good about it. <laughs> okay, I suppose you're right. This is a uh, pretty haunting movie that I think, I mean, we saw it like a week ago, and it has, like, stuck with me since then. It's uh, it's it's troubling, and it's... It feels like something from a barbaric past, and now it's a dystopian future. Yeah. Oh, boy, that's a good way the, to say it. The middle, yeah. Uh, but this is directed by Audrey Duin, and it's based on a uh, novel by Annie Ernaux. And it came out, actually, it, it premiered at the Venice Film Festival uh, last year in, in 2021. Uh, it actually it won the Golden Lion, which is the, the highest award you can get at the Venice Film Festival. And one of the, um, one of the judges on it was actually the director of Parasite. Uh, oh, and it had won the award previously. Yeah. So I, I think it's kind of cool that uh, yeah. you know, like those kind of that someone who had been a part of that group gets to kind of decide like the next winner of it or you know be yeah. a part of that, and they kind of recognize that scene in the kind of film that's going through it. So this is not going to be a movie that most Americans are going to know about or talk about. And I was just glad we got to even see it. We yeah, saw it, we saw it at a mall theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How weird. Of Which, all pla- and it yeah. finally happened. It finally happened we had an entire theater to ourselves we finally found the most obscure movie (laughs) in the most strange place on the most uh, um uninviting day of the week to go see a movie right we finally did it not at the sea i i would have my thought is it was going to be world's fair was where we were going to finally see a movie that like we would have the theater to ourselves see that one i was I, i was wasn't concerned about as much i thought maybe the humans um yeah, yeah. Um, that was the first movie hatching. I saw at the sea. That was great. Yeah, yeah. I thought Hatching. Um, not not happening. Not at the um, Colorado Mills Mall. Yeah. Where we're going to get our own private viewing of uh, Happening. Yeah. Uh, but yeah everybody if, thought we were there for, what was that other weird, uh, there's a weird religious dude, uh, Jonathan Kahn, that just came out with a new... Uh, the Harbinger. That's the uh, the one that we kept getting confused for. Yeah. I tried to buy a ticket too. They were like, "Yeah, the Harbinger," and I was like, "No, no, no yeah, no, no." no the French movie oh, about no, abortions. No, no, no. That's yeah. what I really want to see right now. Yeah, versus the Harbinger, which is actually a Christian uh, eschatology, like about like how everything's falling apart, and uh, yeah, the nine eleven terrorism attack was a divine warning to the United States. We saw the trailer for that and I was like, we should review that just because it looks so crazy. It is. He is honestly one of the wildest religious figures that's out there. Um, But yeah, I was like, no, I would never want to be associated with something so (laughs) controversial as the Harbinger. I want to go see this, this movie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) About abortion. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So this had a budget. I'm sorry. Uh, I could not find a budget for this. Uh, again, this was one of those movies that was really hard to research for because everything was just the happening. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was really hard time finding anything about this. Uh, what I did find is like the box office. I, I want to say for its like festival release was at one point four million, and so that was, what I found is it was prior to its theatrical release in the states. So like it's actually 
for what I assume is a pretty low budget movie, not because of its quality, just because of the, the style of filmmaking and everything. It, yeah. I, I'm assuming it's made its money back. It, it, it looked great. All right, so Katya, go ahead and give us what's the synopsis, the snappy oh. synopsis of this film. Our synopsis. Girl, word she won't graduate college, learns to knit. <laughs> it Not, doesn't make any sense if you haven't seen the movie, but like that's well, like once you have, it's very dark, uh, snappy exactly synopsis. <laughs> yeah, uh, it <laughs> sums it up. <laughs> yeah, we girl learns new life skills. <laughs> we are we're, but not new but not with new life <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah stuff writes itself we're getting all our laughs out now because the remainder of this well, podcast i think funny. is going to be dreary and dark because it's kind of like the tone of this movie it's mm-hmm. so let's get some first impressions out uh calvin what do you think of this one what a wonderful way to shoot a film i think the entire premise of this movie is um when you have something controversial such as this the best way to um get across your point is to show how rules laws structures societies affect individuals and then give uh, a story about their experience and so that's what this is is it's it's very unique in the way that it shot everything the way you only have uh her experience reflected in the camera work it is phenomenal for that reason it's actually i mean i don't know about less controversial than i thought it was but i thought it was going to make be more about big statements um, but I feel like that's more of an American thing right now. Everybody else is just kind of moving on with, uh, progressivism or at least a lot of the major, um, uh, countries that this would have been distributed in, uh, France, Spain, um, is making a lot of, uh, progressive decisions lately. I think that that's, it's not as hot a topic over there as it is here. So which is why I think this film is more relevant to Americans. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that it's a French film and it's doing that, like I, I watched this and you know, there's everything going on with like this Roe v. Wade. And I just, again, this movie felt to come out in a really relevant time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that you brought up the way it's made because when I went into this movie, I was expecting a film tackling a really important controversial issue. The focus is going to be on just telling that story and it's just how do you convey the feelings surrounding this in like a clear and concise way. Mm-hmm. And so the point or the focus is not going to be like, what is my shot composition? What's my mise-en-scene? Am I going to have interesting camera work? To me, I thought this was going to be like establishing shot, camera set up in room, like very standard filmmaking. And I was completely taken aback by how this movie was made. It is entirely focused on the perspective of one character. And I don't know that I've seen a movie that puts you inside the mind of a character this well. And I was just really caught off guard by it because I I had my own expectation going into this. I I thought this was going to be like a movie that was made in a boring way, but talked about something important. And so the fact that you add this whole element in of like amazing camera work that tells it, it drives the story to me. The camera work drives this story. Yeah. And I was, I, I loved it. This is movie had, has like kind of lingered with me like for the last like week or so since we saw it, I I thought it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I loved, I loved how the camera followed her and it made it everything so intimate. It made this so quiet, like this, this thing that she's going through 
yeah, you, you see it all on her. Everything's reflected in her. You're always, she's always nervous about who's going to know what's going to happen. And I think that was the best way to, to put it in your head about, um, especially when they're talking about something which really they can't talk about. Like this is something that no one can even talk about. And how do you show that? And I think filming it that way, it put us right there with her. And uh, it was never about, like Calvin said, it was never about the politics or the law or religion or like any of the things surrounding this issue. It was just, she was set from the beginning. This is my decision and this is, this is what's going to happen. Or this is like how I'm going to deal with it. So the whole thing was just about her and what she was going to do, what decision she was going to make and how she was going to get there. I think so. if anything, this this film, or at least the character in this film, criticizes the healthcare system more than legislation or anything like that. Yeah. Because she like confronts her doctor and she was like, you know, I need help with this. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't do that. I'll go to jail or you can go to jail. And then later on when she tries to perform an abortion herself, she's like, you made me do this. Yeah. So I, I think... While this is going to inherently tackle politics and legislation, what makes sense to me is the character is viewing it from my provider is not giving me what I need. They're not giving me the health care I need. But they also can't. She can't even ask for information right. from anybody, a friend, a provider. So I don't know. I think it's very closely tied up. I wonder how that works. I don't, I mean, I and I don't criticize the doctor in this film. You know, I'm sure he has a family and his own practice and his own life to think about. But I thought that was interesting about it is it wasn't a character going out and like, we need reform because I'm going through this. Mm-hmm. It was like the the ire was focused on her her medical provider. And I thought that was why uh, it was like an interesting take on this instead of, like Calvin said, it's not really tackling the issue at the highest level. Mm-hmm. It's tackling it at her level, which is what made this film so wonderful and so personal, like you said, Katya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's that's the thing is it's, it's really talking about the realities of what uh, when you create a society like this and a culture like this and uh, a political uh, entity like this, what does someone do in a society? Um, what options are available in a society where all options have been removed? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so so it's not it's not saying the thing directly. It's very it's very different than like an Alex Garland movie where it's just like, oh, stop, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> <laughs> we just oh. talked. We just talked about Alex Garland's last film, so it's on your brain. Yeah, <laughs> I just think I had a terrible vision. <laughs> Would you like to share? No. Okay, Has thank you. To, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna pass on. Um, but <laughs> this movie is almost the polar opposite of Men. Yeah, yeah. that movie yeah, exactly. has too many birds, and this one has uh, an exact point of stopping a birth. <laughs> this one has like three abortions, and we never see a vagina. <laughs> yeah You're right that's that, so true yeah. <laughs> that movie had four men giving birth and we saw too many vaginas <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but yeah i really i i want to talk about the uh the style here like why why it's so particular and why it's so interesting um the biggest thing uh well the, i guess the first question i want to i want to uh, present to you both is that I identified um, three main stylistic choices that they made in um, their cinematography. And I was wondering if y'all picked up on them. What three ones would you would you say like are the, are the major ways that they composed their shots? So my thought would be you have the camera directly on Anne's face. And to me, that's supposed to be her like lost in her mind thinking about the situation she's in. Then you have a second shot 
um, it's so a lot of the shots are over her shoulder. I'd say like fifty percent of the movie is over her shoulder. Yeah, but which that, I think is fascinating. Yeah, I don't think that happens till closer to the end. Like I don't think that's really at the beginning as much, is it? I think or it's the whole it's the a whole thing. movie. Uh, yeah. Like right. even when she's dancing, yeah. there are scenes with it over her shoulder over at the shoulder. very beginning. Yeah. Walking down the pathway. That's true. I think it's it. I think what I was, I noticed it more at the end when she was like you know going into the classroom. Right. So I think like mm-hmm. anytime she, like you said, if it's on her face, like she's lost in her thought. If it's like behind her shoulder, she's going towards like something unknown. And so, I think it's like no, she finally it. has to acknowledge the world around her. Yeah. And so she can't just be lost in thought all the time. My third idea for the type of shot would be uh, its use of focus. Uh, there are a couple scenes where, because the whole movie is about Anne, mm-hmm. and there are a couple shots of her friends in the foreground, and she's in the back, but they're all obscured, uh, and they're all out of focus. So that would be that would be my third idea. I feel I feel like this is a loaded question because you have some smart filmmaker brain. Yeah, I'm about to shit on you. <laughs> yeah. so, He's about to throw your ass over the so, kettle so, over there, There we go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if I had to, if I had to pick three shots, that would be the the three I did. Yeah, you do you agree, disagree, Katya. Oh, take a wild oh. stab at the third shot. <laughs> no, I mean, those are the really. It's hard to say because I don't know your definition of what the. So describe shot the ex- is. describe the experience of what it meant of what it was seeing something that you found um, interesting visually, like oh, that's an. an an odd way of composing that shot or representing this event. Yeah. Honestly, I was a little in retrospect, this is one that I like, but during it, I was very, a little bored <laughs> because it yeah, was so no. simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, not a lot like stood, I guess the, the things that yeah stood out were the shots on her face. Then it was behind her shoulder. It was cool. And the ones where it would like move around, like the camera would change from in front of her face to behind her face. So those are the things I noticed. Um, scenes I liked usually had a lot, like other people, like her family in them, and they were, they're the more brighter scenes. So I don't really know where those fit into that. Uh, and you're not alone. Uh, you're not alone, Katya. Yeah. I, I actually thought probably the first third of this movie, I was like, I was right there with you. I was like, this yeah. is really boring. And then once I realized they were really mm-hmm. committing to a certain yeah. camera style, a certain shot to tell the story of this movie, I, I, it was like a, a switch went off in my head. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like, this is so intentional and like you don't film a whole movie a specific way unless it's going to mean something. Mm-hmm. But, but I agree with you. I, yeah. I thought it was like dragging a bit uh, for, for yeah. probably the first third, but, you but, get but I'm there in. with you. I think, yeah. I don't think I was thinking about it intellectually, but at some point I just settled in and then I wasn't getting distracted anymore. That's a good way to describe yeah. this movie. It's one that you got to settle into. Yeah. 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 Okay. So Calvin, yeah, tell us your, the, uh, for your jolted so wake. After that great, um, <clears throat> Our great synopsis of the shots. What is the third shot we missed out on? <sighs> or you're all exactly three right. of them? <laughs> no, you're exactly right. All three of those. Those are those are the exact um, the exact devices that I was talking about. The only one that I would clarify is um, the close-ups on her face. I um, would lump that together with the idea that it is two shots that really uh, comprise the whole movie. It's the POV shots. And it's her as the subject. Uh, 
So not just that she's uh, dominating the frame where it's a close-up. She is the she is in every single shot. There's not a shot that she is not in unless it is implied from her point of view. So that's very important. I think a very good example of that is when um, they're watching the boys play uh, soccer and one of them comes over. And she's actually the furthest one um, uh, in... Uh, uh, the depth of the field of that shot, but she's in focus with like, it's our eyes are only going to her as uh, the one girl's wiping the knee, the bloody knee off of the boy. Right. Um, I think I told you this, like one of my favorite shots of the film when we yeah, left it. Exactly. Cause That's, I love the idea. It's like, it's not about them. It's, yeah. it's always about Anne. Yeah. And it, that shot only works that way. If we've established this whole way that everything is from her perspective. And I especially love um, you know, POV is one thing. Her as the main subject is one thing. I really, really love how they use depth of field uh, in this in this uh, movie. My favorite one was when she is getting into the shower and she's just standing there. And all of the girls uh, in the shower are out of focus, but she is in focus. And we just see her back about like lower back up. That shot is very confusing um, and very alienating to someone that doesn't understand why we compose shots like that, why we continue to hold that shot for as long as we do. And the reason is, is because it's this idea that the focus is a reflection of her awareness of her surroundings. She doesn't see these other people. It is not about the, the women being naked because it's not a lewd thing. It's not like a voyeuristic thing. It's about how she is just sitting there completely naked, surrounded by her peers, contemplating what kind of autonomy she has over her body and just completely wrapped in thought. There's so much said with just leaving that shot running a few seconds longer that other films don't understand. Like smart, that's that's a really smart way of conveying points that people aren't going to understand. Like they think that like, oh, she should probably like, get birthed out of a man five times <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> well but it's it's fair it's that's true, the trouble yeah. with how we record is yeah. we usually do like two or three movies and so we always end up commenting on the other yeah. movie yeah. that we just watched <laughs> well that was calvin saying this director was smart is in direct opposition to his opinions on the previous yeah on men, yeah. yeah exactly so if you're interested in seeing men a little sneak peek um how I feel about that one, which is great. Listen to our review on that, and then we have a bonus episode out on that. Yeah, that one. That one was a lot of fun. I get, I get really worked up in that one. Yeah, because I mean, we actually read straight from the horse's mouth how it's actually worse than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of have a question for you guys. I think the phrase "inside the character's mind" gets overused. Like, oh, I really felt like I knew them. I really felt like I was inside their mind. Mm. I think this film is probably the best representation of that. And the reason I think that is, uh, like you said, you have the, the shots which is just of her face, like she's the subject in the shot. And that's supposed to be, like, I think her time of contemplation. And to pull that off in a way with, uh, I think what, what ruins that is by having dialogue and by over-emoting. But I think the actress, uh, Anna Maria uh, Vartolomey, did it so well like she is not over expressing because i think that's the idea of if you want to quote unquote get inside a character's mind it's it needs to be that like people don't over express people don't say how they feel so if you can 
if you can put together a shot on film that makes you think that you can know what the other person is thinking, like that's getting inside the person's mind. That's getting inside the character's mind. Understanding the turmoil and distress and the struggle they're going through, even on their day-to-day life where people try to hide mm-hmm. that. I thought this movie did that so well. Yeah. Yeah, and because her struggle is so internal and she is so silent, it just all works so well together. Because She's quiet. She's there. And this journey she has to do just has to be quiet by nature. It has to be all her. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, we don't get a lot of her. We get a sense of her drive. But I think, you know, she doesn't explicitly yeah, share her drive. She just shares her desire for a fulfilling life. Yeah. This is not in her plan. Right. And like someone who she can't even share it with her closest friends. She like yeah. hints at it in her best, like who we assume is like one of her best friends. Yeah. They it's like masturbated we, in front of each other. Oh, my God. So that like, was so wild, right? <laughs> I'm assuming they're very close. <laughs> but the one friend tells her other friend like, hey, we can't even talk to her about this. Yeah. And so she's completely cut off. She's completely alone. And so I think those shots where she is the only thing in frame and she's not overdoing it, she's not overacting this, like that really gives you a sense of like people people know what it's like to hide something. People know what it's like to internalize a problem. Mm -hmm. And so to see that on the face of another, that to me is getting in the mind of a Mm -hmm. character. And I, yeah, again, I I just loved how it was done in this. Yeah, visually representing uh, isolation through the the shot selection, through the way that we frame the character and how we position her. That is uh, a big part of why this film is so successful. Another reason that this is such a well-done film is it's all of the shots that you don't realize would normally be in a movie like this that are absent. the biggest one missing is uh, establishing shots. There's not a single establishing shot of anything in the entire film. We don't know what the outside of a building looks like. We know like the, the door to the alley to the woman who gives her the abortion. We know that one. But otherwise, we don't know the outs- what the, uh, mm-hmm. the bar her parents looks, um, look, looks like. We uh, kind of saw the outside of Max's house. But it was as we were tracking with Anne. Um, and then, yeah, so so absent are the establishing shots. Which yeah. I think is kind of jarring, which I think is kind of the point of this movie is to make mm-hmm. you feel uncomfortable, and it should be jarring. Yeah. But that was one of the things I noticed, too, is it's like the scene just immediately switches to different location, different time. Yep. And there, like you said, no establishing shot. There's nothing to tell you what's going on. And again, I think that makes you really hold on to Anne as like the leader of this story. It's mm-hmm. like you, you're immediately gravitated towards her and how she feels because you're just thrown into a scene and you don't have any context for it. So the only thing you can grab onto is your subject on screen. Yeah. And then the other thing too is we we never leave her awareness because we don't even get the um the narrator shots. You know, the idea the the shots that uh switch between this is the character's perspective and what would be like your typical uh establishing shot is is another type of that. Um an outside observer looking in at uh, one at a person's experience. And a good example of that is like people giving her looks or something. She doesn't see anything um, that she wouldn't be able to see. So if she's leaving the class, we don't hang back and look at the professor giving her a look or something. If she has no awareness of it, it is not shown on screen. And that is that is really, really strange to do. It is hard to tell a movie like because you can say so much more by, by doing that. Like if you get the, the sense of how other people feel 
uh, about this character, it helps expand that character. So to limit yourself like that um, by only showing what they would be aware of would mean that you need to find a way to create a character out of just an awareness, which is hard to do because when we're walking around as individuals, we have this continuity of the idea of who we are. There is so much about past us and future us and desires and all of those things. Like you need to build those, um, those implicit to a character and make them understandable. I actually think that's where this film suffers a little bit is because I think a lot of the, the historical context um, is implicit and it's not well explained what the um, what the ramifications are of uh, a birth for a young girl without um, uh, without being married and in what that household in that time period. We don't really know. You know, we can assume. What does this take place in the 1963 19, 19, oh, okay. uh, France? And so we don't know without knowing their loss already. Um, we just kind of have to project on that. Um, but otherwise, I think it does a wonderful job because it, it moves you right along. You really walk with and see things through her perspective and get taken up into um, her drive and ambition for this task. And I mean, it brushes over the, the whatever moral implications anyone would have about abortion. It just assumes that in a modern day and age, this is something that we've all recognized as um something that's important and something that if a decision is made, uh, this is bodily autonomy, which I think is interesting. Um, given the time period that it takes place where there were moral implications for it, but it's only, it's only represented by other characters aversion to the topic. Right. Like I, cause I don't think, like I said, I don't think the main character, she's not out there protesting. She's not a crusader for this cause. No, it's it's all it's all it's all so focused on her own personal story. Yeah. Yeah. And so like to that end, I mean, is this a political film? Obviously, it's a controversial topic, but is it political in nature? I did not feel like it was political. It didn't feel like that from the beginning. It didn't feel like because I think that was because. She had made this decision. She was going to do it, and you were along there with her. It just felt like it was a non-issue, that that this was just what she was going to do. But it's so hard to say, is it a political issue? Because there is a law against it, and we're in the middle of all of this political issue. So it's hard to say whether it is or not. I think it's a bigger conversation beyond politics on what women learn about their bodies and about pleasure and about what rights they have and autonomy they have over their bodies from the beginning and how they treat each other and help each other through these things versus necessarily this huge political thing, if that makes sense. It seems much more like this kind of sort more personal take on it and this take that, you know, she, she knows what she wants to do. She's, she's kind of figuring out how to do it. But she's being shunned by her best friends for it. She's she can't even they can't even talk about they can talk about having sex all the time. But if there's a rumor that you actually had sex, you're a loose woman or you might have an STD. Mm-hmm. And it's such a like a, they're all such so in conflict with each other. So I don't know. It's hard to say. Is, is that political? <laughs> like what you teach women about about their about their bodies? Because it, it is what we learn. 
So I think that's a bigger, I pulled more of that conversation out of it than the, the conversation of abortion specifically, even though it is about abortion specifically. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be really easy for this movie to be bandied about as a social commentary or a criticism of legislation. But I don't think that that's what the filmmaker is going for. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I mean, because this is uh, based on like an autobiographical novel. I mean, from what I've read, it's almost shot for shot the, 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 the book. book. Right. And so if the writer didn't make it political and then the filmmaker doesn't focus on it being political, I would say that the, the focus of this movie is not inherently political. But I think that anytime you tackle an issue like this, someone will say something, someone will write some article and it yeah. will it will have political implications. It will talk about the issues that we're going through right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think that that was the point of this movie. I think, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. I don't care where you vote. I don't even care how religious you are. I think what makes this movie valuable is is being able to put you in someone's shoes and being able to put you in a situation that you'll never find yourself in. Like, I will never find myself in this situation. And I found myself really caring for Anne for an hour and 40 minutes I wanted to know how this was going to turn out and I wanted mm-hmm. to know it was like is she going to graduate this uh, prep school or college she's in is she going to have to deal I mean is she going to die yeah from yeah. these abortion attempts and I think that was the point of this I think this is a really micro story that captures the implications of a macro issue mm-hmm. and yeah, that's absolutely. Like, and that was that was what I pulled from it so I don't think it's intentionally political but I think it is certainly going to be talked about and it it discusses yeah. those issues. You know, I think I'd actually t- change my answer then. When you put it like it's a uh, micro expression of a macro problem, I think that's inherently political. Um, I don't think it's a strong political statement. I think it's a, uh, a demonstration of the reality of the systems you create. And that is a political statement. Um uh, yeah. This movie is to- so tough to describe as yeah. political or not. I, yeah, it, it because I don't think yeah. like that's, I, it's certainly not the reason um, of the story. It's, right. it's um, the, like the central tension of the movie is, uh, is her pregnancy. Um, that certainly isn't um, political. It's what options are available beyond that and how you grapple with the tension that's uh, inherent in the story. And even beyond that though, so I think the main purpose of this is 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 telling a story. It's telling her story. It's so what I mean is not only what options does she have, but who can she even talk to? It's like we're watching and and you guys are wondering what you know what is going to happen to her. Um, is she going to live? Is she going to do you know get to university? And then I'd say watching as a female in that time or any time when abortion can't be talked about, you might be watching and thinking, what if this happens to me? Like, who can I talk to? Who can I ask? I can't, I can't talk to my doctors about it. They tell me to not ask. I can't tell There's my family. There's a doctor in this movie that yeah. intervenes to strengthen the embryo. Exactly. Like that's how like ingrained it was that like, yeah. Hey, you can't, you do made this. this decision live with it. Like, and her friends can't you know. help her. Yeah, you made it. You made it live with it, and they're going to push their agenda on her no exactly. matter what. But I think, and after reading a little bit about the the author and the director, it seemed a lot like they couldn't find these stories to kind of validate themselves or even start to make decisions when they were going through their own abortions. Like they didn't have 
there weren't any other stories out there, right? It was something that you don't talk about, which makes you think that it's something that doesn't happen or when it does happen, it's just happening to you and mm. it's your own thing to deal with when it's happening to many people. You just can't find a community and you can't even begin to discuss those things with each other about your own body because it's not allowed. But she could ask a man and he could, you know, ask around because there's no implication for him because he's not going to be the one having the abortion. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think more than being political, it's sharing the story to give people a way to connect and give them another just representation and another story of a woman and what could happen. I think a really cynical take here too is that this is almost a perfect example for someone who's pro-life because we don't really understand the context of her story. It seems very that you could characterize her as very selfish and the very reason that you wouldn't want or the, the, the least desirable reason to have an abortion would be just whim, you know? I think that there's a, a dark way that this can be twisted for people that are, are pro-life that, look, this is exactly the thing where we, we don't want because we don't want women um, to very gratuitously abort uh, things that could give life into public restrooms. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that was the fact shared, that they... Shared restrooms. <laughs> shared I do want to get into that a little bit later. Toilets. Yes. Yeah. So, I I mean, I wonder about that. If there had been more, more understanding or at least more explanation of, like, the hardships that she would face, what the child mm -hmm. would face, um, if that would have made this message a little bit more palatable as in terms of, like, why why all of this is so immediate why it's so important to make a decision like this and what ultimately drives a young woman to do these things i thought it was pretty obvious well i think that's the like, problem is like she from, came from poverty but from and she's gifted yeah but from like a male perspective it's hard to really put our our um to get in her shoes without really understanding like yeah i can understand yeah she's she's smart and like all she of that's able very to teach. Like, as soon as she told her t her her teacher her professor it's a problem only women can have or an ailment only women oh i love with. that line he yeah. just like gives up he's, he's like not it, trying it, to get it's her an affliction only women get it yeah. turns them into housewives i was yes. like that so, is such a good line yeah, yeah that was a beautiful line but yeah it's know. it's uh, I, I picture think, that like, as enough and, and that that might be for um, for a woman, and that's what I'm saying is like it's for me it's it's harder to come around to, even though we see everything from her perspective, and we're totally in her head. I don't think that the emotional connection gets made because we're so concerned on the the visceral effects of of all of her decisions mm -hmm. and how um, uncomfortable those things make us that I don't I don't find like a like a deeply moving or emotional um uh affect from all of the the way that we've decided to tell this story um so I was wondering if yeah. I mean obviously I think it's inherent in the fact that she's willing to die on accident over have mm -hmm. a child and you know not get to do any of the things that she's she wants to do or like well, that she she's says been, that too she's, she's like projected and she's get you know yeah, she's like i i will hate this kid yeah because it will stop me from pursuing the future i want and, and i actually like, kind of yeah. disagree with you because i think mm. 
I think a more palatable version of this movie doesn't move me the way that this film did. Like, I, I really like that it was visceral and it took you through the procedures that she went through. So my next mm-hmm. question would be is, are the abortion attempts necessary in this movie? There are three attempts. We see two of them. One happens off screen and then we just kind of see the aftermath of it. That's kind of like the only weird time I think they got away from like that perspective where I felt like mm-hmm. if you continue it, I just wonder if they thought three abortion attempts are gratuitous for a movie. Uh, but, too but, slow. but but four male pregnancies are not <laughs> gratuitous for, for well, men. <laughs> I was thinking about it like by the third one, she is so on her own. Like I just figured it was carrying that like we don't even need to see the Madame Riviera at this point. Right. It, she, she might not have even been paying attention. That How great is that character? I know. I loved her like scratchy voice. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so to me, the, the movie needed it. I didn't, I didn't want it to be palatable. I think the thing that made this movie impact me so much and really make me gain perspective that I didn't have was the fact that it was so visceral. And, and I know maybe that's not quite what you were saying, Calvin, but yeah. but my my point is more like uh it needed to be graphic and you needed to have you needed to have this procedure take place on screen and I wonder I mean, at least that's how I feel. Uh do you guys think that this is something that could have happened off screen? It could be implied and then we just kind of see the the character Anne afterwards and is that enough to really drive home the point of this film? No, and I think I should clarify, like, I think that what I'm what I'm saying is I think there's a cynical way that you could take all of these things and this message would be would be interpreted the wrong way, because I do think it is necessary to show um, the abortion attempts. I I agree with you. I don't understand why we don't show the third. Like we're very given over to the the slowness and realism of uh, of living a life of of being in someone's head and. I love the, uh, there's a quote by uh, an Italian neorealist director, um, Americans will show uh, an airplane airplane fly by once, will show it fly by and fly by again and fly by again and fly by again. It, you know, the, it, it's the idea that they're, that real life cannot be intimidate, uh, imitated enough enough times to really give you a sense of what real life is because you're talking about a movie. And I think that you, the closer you get, it's the more abor- uh, abortion attempts you have. You need to show all of them because it's like it's a reality for her. It's it's even worse uh, for the final one. So why not show that? Why do we decide there that that's the point where and we've gone too far, or people aren't going to get it, or it's it's more uncomfortable, or it's too slow? That's that doesn't feel like the right. I feel like want. after you show one abortion attempt, you shouldn't be worried about how uncomfortable your audience mm-hmm. feels. Yeah, like you've you've. You've crossed whatever threshold, and if you still have an audience like hooked on your story, then they're going to continue being on board, and you're going to lose people on that, and that's fine. This, to me, it feels like you didn't capture the point of this movie. Then, if you think that's all it's about, but uh, I think it—I don't want to say it—it it, it could use another abortion scene. <laughs> I don't want to say that, but uh, I didn't find myself missing it. I, I did, was totally okay I did with that. Too. So. When I left watching Men, and that has weird multiple male pregnancy scenes, I didn't end that movie and say anything. I just watched the credits and got up and walked out. I think because we basically had our own private theater for this, when this film, end, uh, when this film ended, I said, 
like what the fuck <laughs> yeah it was a whole experience and i think the reason i had that experience is because i got to see this traumatic uh, several traumatic events through ann's eyes mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and how many times are we going to be able to see this experience that's really the thing it's really to drive home like why um this type of healthcare is necessary is because um there there are consequences for for women that do things to themselves and the more available and easier we make to all of this stuff contraceptives it's wild to me that there are laws being uh written right now to make uh contraceptives um illegal uh like criminal that's yeah, wild all criminal yeah yeah. Well, and that's abortion mostly, will become a homicide, or yeah. Yeah, exactly. Murder. So but that, those, that those contraceptives, uh, contraceptives are focused around female contraception, not yeah. male. Well, then, like but condoms, condoms should become illegal either. They are as well. Okay. Well, but, it, yeah. That's that's the thing. It's like <laughs> that's equality in the way I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. It's also like I don't think you under, guys are understanding like what you're saying. Like you're also about to imply that masturbation by men is homicide. <laughs> because yeah. you're you're moving you keep moving the line further and further back like where uh, you keep saying it's just conception but yeah. like now you're trying to prevent conception so if you are engaging in acts that prevent conception well that's why masturbation is a sin exactly Calvin. yeah but that's the thing it's like how are you gonna like actually enforce yeah. that yeah you can't. any act it's all about that, privacy any act that stops the creation of life then should be illegal <laughs> drinking diet coke prime example it's it's weird to watch a movie that takes place in 1960 and i think calvin said it's like looking at history and finding you're in a dystopian future Mm -hmm. it's like the same thing like Mm -hmm. so this movie isn't i think trying to be political in and of itself but it's just tackling this issue that is like wholly political yeah it's representing yeah it's representing an outcome that uh a politics has generated like you can't help but look at it and think, wow, this is happening to me right now. And yeah. we're 60 years from that. Yeah. Because I think a good, an, another analogy would be like, do we describe, um, you know, all war movies then are political, but they're not seen that way. Well, that's, there was an interesting uh, article with her and there was a comment on that where they were saying like, there was an issue with making a film about abortion um, from mm. a director or from someone in, they're like, you know, they're not going to like it up, you know, in the politics or whatever. And they're like, well, I want you to say the same thing when someone comes and makes a World War II movie or any World War movie. Yeah. So just to underline that point, they were like, yeah, this very is very much in the same thing. Yeah. yeah where was the criticism for jarheads yeah. or yeah. Saving Private yeah, Ryan? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> saving Private Ryan was exactly what I was saying because it's just a story about the effect that some, that decisions in, uh, in, um, in systems placed on these people and what they had to go through in order to uh, follow through in a system created by politics. Yeah. So it's not an inherently political movie because it's about um, these characters' experiences, but it is about politics. No, I, I absolutely agree. And again, that's like the troubling question that you ask is that, is it political? It's like, well, yes and no. It's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. It's like, well, it has to be political just because of the issue. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the story is political. Yeah. Which helps me just raise more and more questions about this movie. And it makes me think about it a lot more because I care about this character 
and and I care about the political issues surrounding her that caused her to be in the situation. Yeah. Which is, and I think this is, that is exactly the point of the movie. That's the whole reason, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, uh, you know, little meta connections between she's, when she's like, oh, I don't want to teach anymore. I want to be a writer, which is very interesting to think about. Like, then she wrote the movie that we're watching mm-hmm. in the future of the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, but that's exactly it. Like, now we're talking about it, and it's very relevant today because those those issues haven't, I haven't changed. Um, it's so, like, yeah. how are we doing the same thing decades later? It's yeah. like, it's troubling to me. Yeah, exactly. So, and that, and that is why it's important because here is your past future and your future past. And if you don't do anything about it, it just like, it doesn't get better. You so know? I, I think you had the question is what makes this film special? And I feel like we've covered that is, I mean, it is, it's a, it's a telling of a really personal story that I feel like a lot of women go through in this country currently. And it doesn't matter that it's set decades ago. You can latch on to this. And this is this to me, again, I, I don't care what side of the argument you're on. Being able to experience a story like this, maybe it doesn't influence or change your decision, but just being able to like grapple with it and watch it, that, 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 that's what makes this movie special to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you agree, disagree. Being able to hear a real story and seeing it put to film in a very personal way, a very uh, point of view kind of way is what I think makes this movie so special. But again, I, I feel like we covered that. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to take thunder away from your question. Uh, <laughs> no, I think but, you're, but I, I think, think we bled right into that. And yeah. it, it, this, this movie is, it, it is a special kind of movie. And uh, like I said, the, just the filmmaking drives every point of that home. Yeah. And I think it's one of those movies that, that, uh, it drives conflict and it forces you to empathize uh, with positions that you wouldn't um, normally agree with, understand because they're not your they're not your life story. And I think um, one of my favorite quotes is uh, from Charlie Munger, who is one of uh, Warren Buffett's associates, and he says, "If you don't know more than the other person in the room on a topic, you don't you don't have." an opinion you don't get to hold an opinion you're there to listen and uh until and until you know more than the sharpest most intelligent well-spoken knowledgeable proponent of the other side then you don't know enough to actually engage in the argument and i think that is exactly what this film is is like here is a slice of um oppositional literature or oppositional experience to what a pro-life person would say like being confronted with like this is the reality of some of the things that you're doing like you can say like well you know it's still a sin or you know it's still immoral whatever like there are still implications um to all of the things that you do and so understanding how these systems affect people is just going to make you a more empathetic person. And even if you still are on the complete total abortion ban, then you need to understand that there have to be other ways that we uh, give women options and give women like, like the fact that everyone just wants to get rid of uh, Planned Parenthood on the pro-life side, like that you don't understand that the, the function that Planned Parenthood do- has in terms of sexual health, in terms of um, contraceptives, all of those things are very important. If your whole goal is to prevent um, abortions, 
then there are other preventative measures that you can focus on rather than just blanket get rid of abortion. Like you should, you should be more concerned about other things. If you actually care about uh, babies mm -hmm. living good lives, then you should also be concerned with the women who are raising yeah. babies have and good education lives. Education and childcare and yeah. You're going to have to pay for all those things. You can't pay was, for abortion with your taxes. There was right. literally just a vote on uh, providing formula to mothers that every Republican voted against. I saw that one. So part of the reason why like that one gets dr um, drummed up a little bit is they just had a problem with the implementation. What they wanted was they wanted the FDA to... There isn't a real shortage on formula. The problem is, is that the way WIC works is that there are it's a monopoly created by the providers of the formula oh but yeah just uh wick real quick is women infants and children and you could look at this essentially the same way as like food stamps it's a allows like it's a government subsidized subsidized way for uh mothers to get formula nutritional food for their kids mm -hmm. well so their problem is is just the way that republicans wanted to characterize it as they just they didn't think that this was going to be solving any of the issues it was throwing money at a problem just for political points the other one that they did all vote on is the uh is expanding the access to formula under wick which it makes a whole lot more sense that's that's the problem there's not a real shortage in formula it's the it's the problem that certain markets have a, a shortage of it because certain suppliers have been hit um and their supply chains. And so they, because they're the sole provider of formula for that area's WIC, uh, aren't, aren't getting formula to the, pe uh, to the people that need it. And they can't go and buy it from someone else because it's not covered under WIC. So there's a bunch of legal red tape there that's actually creating the, the shortage and not because um, there's a real shortage in the actual materials. So that's why that one's a little annoying to me is because... Well, they, but that still doesn't... That doesn't help people who aren't on WIC and need assistance getting formula. But that's like, the problem. That's, that's, that's the whole, problem. Yeah. That's the whole thing. That it's really only about WIC. Right. That's that's where the for, the formula shortage is coming from. Is from all of the problems with WIC. I, I appreciate you clarifying that for me. Uh, I don't want to put out like misinformation, but it's still just. It is silly. Like if you really like. Like I understand they want to be fiscally conservative and they don't want it. And, and part of their thing is they don't want it to look like the, the current uh, administration is functional and competent. And that's why, and there's a cynical, no, they're doing reason. everything to make Biden look bad. Yeah. Which is it's, it's weird because like at the cost help. of baby formula, yeah, like, yeah. like you keep complaining about like the gas price gouging and like, Oh, the Biden administration is like ruining it. And then you vote against that measure. That's stupid. Like, that's that's exactly the the problem you're saying that you're trying to fix, um, and you're deciding not to because you don't want it to look like the administration that you're the uh, running against is is doing it well. So there there you know they could have thrown you know twenty eight million dollars at the problem and it may have or may not have been the right decision. Um, but yeah, it is kind of, it is really silly in the light of like. We care about these lives and we want them to live happy and healthy lives, but we're not going to do everything that we need to, even when it is an emergency. So I can understand the optics of it. I think the tangent we've gone off on perfectly describes how this movie is political without in <laughs> intentionally being political. Yeah. When I wrote that question, I was like, this isn't a political movie at all. <laughs> but, but I think it's like, it's going to stir up discussion. I think it's going to stir up discussion more in France than it is here because... Like we said, we saw this at a mall theater. No one was there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but again, I, I'm glad we got to discuss this and like put this one out there. This is a movie that I think is important. Uh, you've asked me that question on like several movies, Calvin. It feels like lately, because we keep seeing important movies. I feel like <laughs> is this movie important? <laughs> and I've watched, <laughs> and I've watched a couple, and I was like, I mean, they're really good, but I, I wouldn't say important. Like, I think this movie is actually one that I would, I would have my family watch. I'd be like, you guys should check this out because it tackles a big issue in a really small way, and I think it's, mm-hmm. and that's why I think it's important. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough to just read headlines all day and hear about how bad things are and feel like you have no way to combat that. But it's easy to watch a small story and gain empathy in that way. And you've yeah. talked a lot about that too. Is like a movie a lot of movies are an exercise in empathy. Mm-hmm. Like can we understand a character? Can we put ourselves in their shoes? Can we gain understanding? Mm-hmm. And I think this movie did a great job of that. All right, and with that, I think we're gonna get into final thoughts. On a scale of one to ten cherries, what would you give this? Cherries? Cherries. Are they popped? <laughs> I was referring to the cherries that she's eating out of the fridge. She's like stealing the other uh, dorm mates' cherries out of the fridge. I was waiting I was waiting for you to explain it to Katya so I'd be like, yeah, don't you remember? <laughs> I do remember. I'll give it eight and a half cherries. Eight and a half cherries. Mm-hmm. Tasty. <laughs> I, um, I'd be like right there with you. I think I would put this at like an eight. Eight. And and a, a big part of that is just like the filmmaking. Uh, I, I just loved how this was put together. I love how I got to understand, like really feel like I understood a character. Yeah. And I think this is one of those, those perfect movies to exemplify what I talk about a lot. It's execution, execution, execution. It's such a simple idea um, in the how they kept everything so intimate really drives home how harrowing and horrifying this experience was. And you only do that by committing to a a style that um, isn't influenced by like, well, we need to make this accessible to viewers. We we need to sell more tickets than blah, blah, blah. And that's, I mean, that's really my problem with American film is that there are too many hands um, in the pot there's too many cooks in the kitchen trying to please too many people and here you can see from beginning to end it is one vision of how to implement an idea and that and when it's done well when you can see that that from beginning to end the idea was executed exactly the way it was and it accomplishes its goal i think it's i mean it can't be less than a nine um so <laughs> i'm gonna give it uh, a nine a 9.2 um just because i feel like there there's like some historical context some social context that um it kind of relies on the viewer to know yeah and yeah. that's that's kind of unfortunate uh that it that it does do that um because it's so i don't i don't want that to be the reason that someone gets pulled out of the movie because otherwise it's very very powerful if anything, I think what is going to pull anyone out of this movie or make them outright not buy a ticket is the the fact that it's not in English, which again, I think we've been big advocates for that on this podcast is really good movies come out that aren't in English. And it's just unfortunate that if this had been an English film, I feel like it would have gotten a lot more hype. A lot more people would be talking about it. And that's part of why we wanted to talk about it is, you know, this is something that's probably not going to come up all the time. And, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get the story out. I, I want people to go and see this because, I again, I just think this is a fantastic film. Uh, yeah, with that, we're going to wrap this one up. Thanks, as always, for being on, Calvin. And Katya, thanks for being here with us. Thank you. 
<laughs> and uh, you can find our podcast on any platform like Apple Music or Spotify. We also upload all these to YouTube. So leave a comment. Tell us what we're doing well. Tell us what we're doing wrong. And if you have any suggestions for movies uh, we should do in the future, go ahead and let us know. And with that, thank you for listening to Now This Is Podcasting. <laughs>